What's up everybody, Brad here, and well, December is coming to an end. We have Christmas next week, we have Hanukkah next week, we have a whole bunch of other stuff going on. Um, some things happening in the tech world, and the gaming world, and the Microsoft world, and um, well, let's just dive in, shall we? Because, hey, it's the holidays, and let's just get rolling here. So one of the things I've been hearing for the past couple of weeks now is that Windows features, yeah, you may not be seeing too many and I say that with a caveat here, which we'll talk about in a second, but um, 20H1, which will be the release of Windows 10 that is coming um, in the first first half, I should say, of, well, next year, isn't really going to have anything. Actually, if you've been using the Insider program, you've already been running that bits, and you know that, hey, there, there's you're not really getting a whole lot there. And I'm also, also hearing that 20H2, which will be the update in the second half of 2020, is going to follow the same, same, same idea, really. Um, you're not going to get a whole lot of features there. Now... Microsoft actually announced this week that they're making some changes to the Insider program. They've been moving around things. We had the, the skip ahead, then we had the fast ring, then we have slow ring, then we have a whole bunch of different rings. Well, they're simplifying things here a little bit. And what they're doing is they're going to start shoving features into the fast ring, and they're not going to say when they're going to ship. Um, which I, I actually have mixed feelings on, but I think it might be the right approach. It simplifies things as, as hey, here's a feature. We don't know when it's going to go out. It'll go out when it's ready. That that points to a couple things. One, that they can pool and extract uh, features pretty quickly and easily, which is a good thing. Um, but it can create a little confusion, I guess, if they put something awesome in there and then people really want it and then it doesn't show up for a while. Anyways, those are the changes that are coming. Fast ring is the fast ring to rule them all. If you want just a more stable release, I would recommend the slow ring, um, or you can just wait for these updates to ship twice a year and not run any ring and just run production and be probably just fine as well. Now, the reason why I say there may not be features coming in 2020 with a caveat is that Microsoft has put a lot of life back into its Power Toys application. Now, Power Toys is an, a utility that you can download that adds extra functionality and features to Windows 10. We've talked about this. They have, they have fancy zones, which is still such a terrible name, but it's basically Snap for Windows 10, but on steroids, you can customize it and all that stuff. They are going to be rolling out new features via that application. Um, they're actually looking at a new desk launcher setup. I'm, we don't quite know what this is going to look like, but they actually did a survey on it. And it sounds like it could be very similar to like what Mac OS does, something along those lines. So while we're not going to get features built into Windows 10, it sounds like Power Toys is going to be the way forward if you really want to get more out of Windows. And the benefit of doing it this way, at least for Microsoft or for, I guess, us outsiders, is that the people working on Power Toys have access to the underlying bits of Windows 10 so they can actually build these applications easier rather than those people trying to hack together solutions. So we will see what comes out of Power Toys and how frequently that gets updated. But if you're looking for the best and the latest and the greatest power use, Power Toys is honestly probably the way you're going to want to go. Um, also, a couple other things. So we know that Edge, uh, the new Edge, is going to be shipping um, in the middle of January. Microsoft has detailed how you can run, if you want to, the old version of Edge and the new version of Edge side by side. I don't, I'm sure there's somebody out there that will need this, maybe for some like PDF or EPUB, or but they, didn't they strip out EPUB um, support? Anyways, I'm sure somebody will want this and it is possible, but I think for the vast majority of people, it's just going to be a drop-in replace for the old Edge. The new Edge will arrive with its new logo um, and there you go. So if that's been holding you back. Other interesting things is that Facebook is working on its own operating system. They're trying to get away from Android and other platforms and they're going to start building their own thing. And it's actually based off of, uh, actually, I should say it's not based off of. It's being built by Mark Lukowski, I believe is how you pronounce his name, who worked on the original Windows NT. So it's a Microsoft veteran who's going to be helped building this stu structure out. We will see if it materializes, if it even becomes a public-facing uh, product for Facebook. But 
you know, they're working on it. They've got some Microsoft heritage on the back end, and we will see what is coming down that pipeline. Gaming news on the gaming side of life. Uh, Stadia has bought Typhoon Studios. Is this is I might be part of their first big acquisitions to bring original content to Stadia. We all know the tried and true story here. Stadia works, but they don't have any original content. Why would you buy your games? And so Google is doing the Microsoft thing, and which is the Sony thing, which is everybody else who's been smart in the industry, and they're buying studios, right? You buy studios, you get exclusive content. That's how the model works, and that is the path that Google is taking. Also, Facebook has acquired uh, PlayGiga, and that is a cloud streaming service. It looks like Facebook is going to try to get into the xCloud Stadia uh, market as well. So look for them. They just bought it. I think it was around like 70 or 80 million. So it's not a huge acquisition for the company, but it shows that they are trying to get into the game streaming platform. Facebook has actually signed up some streamers lately, taking a little bit out of the Mixer playbook and to get people onto that platform. So Hey, you know, Facebook might be another place that you go watch people play games. Um, xCloud News, Bomber Crew, Shatter Warrior 2, MotoGP 19, and Farming Simulator 17 are now available on xCloud. One of the best stories I've ever heard about xCloud, and I'm sure I've shared it here before, is that developers don't have to do anything to get their game on xCloud. A lot of times what happens is Microsoft walks into a developer's office, shows them the game running on xCloud, and it's just a magical experience, right? So I, I always kind of like that. Um, anyways, one of the things that I thought was pretty fascinating, so when the Series X was announced, it was obviously a big surprise. And we got a little bit of insight about how Microsoft kept that surprise. Phil Spencer, when he went to the Video Game Awards and they did the practice session, used a fake script. A fake script. He, this was announced on Twitter so that they could keep it a secret, which I think is brilliant. He went up there, which it's kind of crazy because that means they put together a whole production based around a fake script and then a real production based around the real content. And so obviously they used the fake content on uh, during rehearsals and demos so that people at the event watching could not get a glimpse of what Microsoft was actually going to announce. I think it was pretty brilliant. Obviously, it worked out. Uh, one of the other things that I'm curious about uh, the Series X, which we won't find out for a long time, if ever. I'm curious how they're going to work on the security of locking down the architecture of the games and all that stuff, because Microsoft has a lot of value locked up in there, and they don't want the homebrew stuff. I know we, I, I even like it as well, they're kind of hacking around, toying, you know, making your Xbox your own type thing, um, allowing you to run ROMs and emulators and all that good stuff. But there's always some really, really baked in security. And so while we won't hear about it for a while, I do want to point out that there were some Xbox-related, Xbox One, I should say, related security items that made its way into some of Microsoft's IoT devices. So it's not like this thing just lives on the Xbox. They use this, the learnings and the features and the technology from Xbox for other Microsoft products. I hope that they do detail some of this at a high level at some point down the road. And also on the Xbox side, Microsoft is not doing an Xbox year in review. They announced on Twitter that that is not happening. So if you've been holding out for that... Um, you're going to have to hold off maybe for another year or ever. So a uh, bunch of questions this week. Going to refresh the thread, which we put up every week. I always tweet it out on Thursdays. So here we go. Uh, wait for it to sort. All right. Tourniquet says, hey, Brad, I've read that 20H2 for desktop is also going to be a cumulative update similar to what we saw with 19H2. Is this 100% certain? It's hard to say, is it 100% certain? I would say that it is highly probable. That is what I am hearing, and I know others have heard that as well. Uh, did you hear that Microsoft signed off on 19041 uh, off as RTM? Yes, I've heard very similar things, so be looking out for... Uh, a build here in the spring. Obviously, Microsoft is taking a much longer approach. Remember, Azure is kind of running the back end of things. And that reminds me, I do want to point out that while I talk about features not being updated, the, the UI elements are handled by a different part of my, the Microsoft org now. So there could be UI element changes. We've seen a lot of fluent design 
blog post on Medium um, relating to what is happening in Windows. So the UI stuff could still change, but I would not expect like major features like timeline to be integrated. Um, and he says, also, what do you think about the change of the insider program? Um, he doesn't think it says Microsoft cares a lot about it anymore. I wouldn't say that they don't care. Obviously, they use this as a pilot and beta, but I do think it's lost some of its prestige where it was like this awesome thing because we went from no man's land where we never got any beta information or builds and then to now where we get tons. Um, but it, I think it's also looking at the maturity of Windows 10, Microsoft has put out a lot of big features, right? We had My People, we've had Timeline, we had uh, Paint 3D was a pretty big inclusion and all of them, kind of have flopped, right? None of them have really taken off in any way. And so what's their incentive to like really try to revitalize Windows 10? I think a lot of their effort right now is going into Windows 10X. I think that's where we're seeing uh, a lot of the engineering effort. And so just keep that in mind. Uh, Delta Prime says, hey, Brad, uh, I have a super high-end gaming PC and all the current-gen consoles. As we go into the next generation, I'm seeing very little entice me to buy the next-gen Xbox as there are basically no games these days uh, fully exclusive to the Xbox as everything appears on Xbox and PC. In this uh, is... In this case, Microsoft lost a console sale on a potential accessory sale, and also they don't get a cut of the game sale if on PC, uh, if a user decides to buy a non-Microsoft game from Steam or the many competitors in the not in the Microsoft store. Do you think Microsoft accountants are happy with this kind of situation? Do you see Microsoft announcing or trying to get anything, uh, a larger slice of the revenue of PC gaming? So there's a couple things there. One, they did make money. They did make money. If you have a Windows 10 machine, a high-end PC, they made money. They made money when you bought that machine. So it's not that Microsoft doesn't make any money. Also, keep in mind that gaming for Microsoft is around a two and a half-ish billion dollar uh, per quarter operation when the company pulls in about 36 billion. So they make a lot of money elsewhere outside of gaming. Now to his point, he's saying, hey, look, because I have a high-end PC um, and there's no exclusive games to Xbox, I don't need to buy that hardware sale. Well, Microsoft might actually win on that. Microsoft doesn't make money on hardware. I shouldn't say they don't, but they almost always at initial launch, they do not make money on hardware sales, right? They try to break even-ish and then hope that you buy games. So how Microsoft can make money is again, by making good games. If they make Gears of War available on the Xbox and on the PC and you buy it on the PC, they still make money. Um, it, you're right. Microsoft doesn't make money if you buy um, an EA game through Steam, but I don't think Microsoft wants to go down that business model because they tried and it failed. And so they're not really concerned with it. What they're concerned with right now is one, um, building out first party titles. So like Halos, the, the Gears of War, Forzas that you want to buy because then Microsoft does make money. Sure, you're not buying a console, but if you buy it on a PC, that is just as good for them, um, potentially even better. And so uh, on the console side, you're right. Microsoft will never be able to build a console that will outlast the ability to upgrade a PC. The, the benefit to buying a PC right now or in the future is that, hey, if your video card is outdated, you pull it out and you put in a new one and you can have improved graphics. That is always the benefit of a PC. The benefit of a console is that, hey, I go buy a console for 400 bucks. I don't have to invest any other dollars in that hardware and I will always get that same gaming experience as I did day one. And it'll honestly probably improve throughout the life of the cycle of the, of the device. You buy a console because you want a gaming machine. The reason why I game on a console, and I do game on a PC um, 
couple games that I can't mention yet. Um, but like RTS games, like when Age 4 comes out, I will definitely play it on there. Um, I think they're rebooting uh, Command and Conquer, and I will definitely play that on a PC because it's a better experience than a console. But for me, I enjoy a console because I hold down the Xbox button, it turns on, and it's just a gaming machine. I don't have to boot it up. I don't have to worry about overheating. I don't have to worry about, are my frame rates better than the guy I'm playing with because I'm going to lose the game? It is a dedicated device for a dedicated reason, and I can sit my butt down on the couch and not worry about anything else, not be distracted by work stuff, not distracted by emails. That's why I enjoy consoles. Everyone has their own reasons why they like PC or console. I, I don't understand why it's always a competition, but to your point, Microsoft could try to cannibalize the market, but I don't think it's in their best interest. Their best interest right now, which Phil Spencer is pushing heavily, is on content. There's a reason why Microsoft is talking about their hardware right now. There's a real specific reason because they want to get that conversation out of the way. They want to get it out of the way. They want to say, look, you're going to have this awesome gaming experience, but these are the games you're actually going to play because what good is hardware if you don't have good games? And if you don't think that Microsoft doesn't have a good gaming lineup in planned, then they wouldn't be doing this so far ahead. I, The more I see Phil Spencer rolling and pushing hardware out of the way to talk about games, the more confident I'm becoming that their studio acquisitions are starting to pay off or materialize in a way that is going to make the Xbox a good console. So, uh, Mr. PKI says, what version of Windows is Xbox? Uh, good question. Series X going to use? Will it be 20H1 or will it be Windows X? This is a really good question. I don't think we know yet. This is a really good question. Um, he, and what he's asking is, what's, what's going to be powering Windows underneath? My gut, based on what we know so far, is that it's just going to be a version of proper Windows, not Windows 10, of Windows 10, not Windows 10X. The reason being is that it is running on an AMD processor. It's not an ARM chip. It's a Zen 2 Plus architecture or whatever they're calling it. So I suspect it's just going to be a proper version of Windows. Now, the question becomes, how much are they customizing it? If you remember... For a while, Microsoft has been going this one, they went this one core route where the version of Windows running on the Xbox was actually the same as running on a PC, just modified the UI. Are they still going down that route? I don't know if we know yet. We will find out once the console ships if Microsoft has really just kind of stripped it out and gone back to that, hey, here's a tailored OS for the Xbox console, or is it really just Windows 10 with a fancy UI? We'll find out. Uh, the Joe Finn says, is Microsoft moving their top Windows feature request into Power Toys? I, I think they might be. I, I think they might be. It seems like they're using Power Toys as a way to let the power user not overcomplicate Windows for uh, the normals or normies. I, you might be right. I, I, I am tending to lean towards that they are putting their features into Power Toys and allowing a more sort of an ad hoc style experience. So, yeah, you might be right. NGC224 says, when can we expect anything interesting uh, oh, can we expect anything interesting from Microsoft at CES? I don't think so. Microsoft typically doesn't talk about things at CES. And besides, I'm not sure what interesting thing you would want to hear, with one minor exception. we Microsoft is not having a keynote. Microsoft is always at CES. I've seen them many years there. They always have a private area that you can go and hang out and talk with people about service hardware. Uh, the one bit of information we might get out of Microsoft sort of at CES is going to come from our friends over at AMD. AMD always holds a press conference. Last year, they announced a new graphics card. There's rumors out there right now that we might hear about R uh, or ray tracing 2.0, maybe, or RDNA 2.0. I can't remember. I'm now losing uh, track of the rumors at this point. But anyways, if you're going to be watching a press conference and you only have one to watch, I would personally tune in to the AMD one because that is where, if you're going to be looking for Xbox information, you're more than likely to find it. Uh, Mark says, hey, if you could institute, oh, if you could institute one change at Microsoft within reason that you would think may most improve the company, what would it be? 
See, this is really, really tough because there's two different ways to look at this. Am I looking at this from an internal way as a Microsoft employee or from an outsider? It's easier for me as an outsider um, to make this critique. It's always for me communication because Microsoft is really good at not telling us the full story or not giving us enough information. And so I would really harp on them to focus and lock down their secure their communication efforts to be unified be consistent and put them in one place and the reason why i say this is here's a perfect example microsoft likes to write blogs on everything it could be anything from their own website it could be on linkedin which they also own it could also be on medium and so they have all this communication and just random spots throughout the web they need a unified fire hose of all this information and they need to be consistent about where they put it i don't have a problem with them putting it on medium but also put it on a location on Microsoft where if somebody searching for it can go and try to find it all at the same time. Uh, Eric says, Brad, regarding the look of the new Xbox, like you, I'm not offended by it. And I think it looks clean and simple, but something inside me is nagging that the reality of the situation is that they took the concept of minimalism to an absurd level. Like they should have tried a lot harder. Do you agree or disagree? So here's what I think that they've done. I think that Microsoft has just said, we're going to go for the highest performing console and we're going to give it the best damn airflow we can. And that is what we're going to build. And then you guys make a box that works around it. And that is honestly my candid thought because this thing looks like a mini miniature PC, which again, I think is fine. I don't have any problem with that. I, I think they're definitely prioritizing performance and air cooling over everything else, which is fine. Um, I do worry that it's not going to fit in many as many media cabinets and you're just going to have to like hide it somewhere, which is fine. Again, um, I it's all going to come down to performance. If this thing comes out and it's just ah, like not, not as good as what we're hearing so far, then I will be disappointed. But my understanding and what I'm hearing from insiders is that they put performance first, style and design second, and that's why we got this generic kind of cube looking thing. While yes, there's a lot of options for customization, which I did a video on that showing like a white version, a Minecraft version, which the Minecraft looks really good to be honest. Um, just keep in mind that they are going for the experience rather than the look, which is, which is fine. I will say though that the Xbox One S it does look really good. That's still one of my favorite looking uh, consoles. So, and then Jay Herdia says, Hey Brad, I was too late with my question last week. So here it is again. Hi Brad. I'm hoping, uh, hi Brad. I'm making it under the wire. I was just wondering in light of the Xbox news, if there's a chance that the new Xbox will be modular in the same way of the surface hub, could it at least be that it's hardware modular? Uh, also given the size and shape of it, is it likely is fairly future proof case? Love your work. Thanks for keeping us informed. So what he's asking here is a good question. There's actually some concepts. So we've got like a tall cube, right? Is it possible that, Hey, uh, it's just a modular design. I'm not saying no, I, I don't have any insider information on this. I will say that when Microsoft or any company introduces a modular design, it does increase cost because you have to increase uh, the connectors, you have to have high quality connectors, you have to design um, for the robustness of someone taking it apart and putting it back together. So it does increase cost and complexity. Internally, Microsoft may have made it modular to the point where they, they can start shipping versions without a disk drive or without a hard, I don't think they would do without a hard drive, uh, but maybe a smaller version of the GPU or something like that. I do think internally it is a modular design for Microsoft, but I am not personally seeing yet um, any indication that, hey, I'll be able to just put in a new GPU um, at this time. The device is large, so maybe it is possible to crack this thing open, but, I'm, but what we've heard so far is that there's a lot of custom components and custom components typically mean that you can't swap them out. So 
there you go, guys. Those are some great questions. Really, really good stuff. And I, as I say every week, and I'm not just trying to whatever. I, I love the questions because they put me on my toes and get me thinking outside the box uh, of what's going through my own agenda on the timeline. So there you go, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button. Have yourselves a wonderful holiday. And we'll catch all of you right back here next time.